You're listening to Season 2 of NFT 365. Talking crypto, blockchain, Web3, non-fungible tokens, metaverse, and... What the f*** is a non-fungible token? We'll get to that. It's time for today's episode of NFT 365. Here's your host and digital futurist, Brian Fanzo. This show is not financial advice, so do your own damn research. What's up, friends? Welcome back to another episode of NFT 365. And, you know, I think the, you know, there's no doubt about it that I, I preach uh, the power and the importance of the blockchain. I think most of you know, uh, I, I live and breathe and love the the power of digital, but I'm also a, a big fan of this, you know, harmony between, you know, technology and humanity and really where technology can not only innovate, but push, push us forward um, in what we think about in our, our day-to-day lives, right? How do we even track things? How do we, you know, integrate and manage data, right? I think it's unfortunate that uh, a lot of the the Web two world, or really a lot of the innovation, even with our iPhones, you know, a lot of that was, you know, what can we do digitally? And and I could even put an argument from a marketer's perspective is that you know, we still haven't really even figured out what is a, a true mobile experience because we've taken a lot of desktop experiences and put them into this you know little device in front of us. And I think that's also where kind of the metaverse leads us. But there's this beautiful kind of harmony that I I am excited to kind of dive into in all realms, right? From a standpoint of um, not only goods and services, you know, I, I mean, if you're watching on our YouTube, you know, I got Gary V's, uh, you know, plushies behind me. I got bobble, bobblehead dolls. I, I kickstarted a, uh, a, a really cool pillow company called uh, Throwboy, uh, which does uh, a bunch of, you know, uh, Apple. I have an Apple iPhone. I have the original iMac, all these little Throwboy uh, pillows. And, you know, I think there's something kind of beautiful about all of that, but there's all of that is kind of not blockchain and not connected. And so excited to talk uh, today on that. And we have a, a really co- a great guest joining us. And James, excited to have you. Excited to talk, you know, Clubhouse, some of the things that you have going on. But before we do that, uh, welcome to the show and go to introduce yourself a little bit to our audience. Yeah, I appreciate that. First off, um, thank you for inviting me here. It's an honor to to be on with you. I'm, I'm a big fan. And uh, I, I think anybody that, that cares about the technology and the future of as much as someone like you um, we need more uh, of you, right? Um, and we need more of that. So um, kudos to being a pioneer in the space. Uh, James Costa here. I'm the founder of Clubhouse Archives um, and of CX Labs, which most people don't even know about at this point. Um, been in apparel now for, uh, I guess, 23 years, uh, designing, developing, producing men's, women's collections. I, I ran a, an apparel trade show for a number of years, and I have about uh, almost three and a half to four years of apparel technology experience um, with a PLM software that I was involved with. Um, and then I got into Web3. Uh, and that was back in February of 21. I learned about NFTs. I mean, I was in cryptocurrency before that for uh, a little over a year. I got very lucky um, and decided to pull the trigger on the tech, uh, really on the on the currency side anyway, uh, because I, I I just had a feeling, you know, and, and it seemed that uh, it was going to change the way that we we transacted uh, in the future. And that led me to NFTs inevitably, right? A friend of mine, someone in the space, Greg Mike, a uh, big artist, tipped oh, yeah. me off and I was instantly, um, instantly went down the rabbit hole. 
Nice. I love that. And I will say, um, you know, the clubhouse archives name threw me off originally. I remember just, and, you know, for those that are listening, I talk a lot about clubhouse and clubhouse days, but that was the, the social audio app, right? Uh, two, two separate worlds, uh, which I think, uh, uh is an important piece. Uh, and I, I'm excited to have that conversation on like kind of a, you know, clothing merch side of the house is, you know, for me, I am like one of those, I have kind of my own style. We, we actually sold merch, uh, here for the the podcast, but I've never like that space has not been mine. I'm one that has like kind of my own way, design my own shoes. Uh, you know, funny enough, my family, uh, you know, growing up, we had a frozen yogurt shop and my dad's like, you know, my dad's been a, a sales marketer in the candy business, but you know, we had t-shirts that we sold and like those t-shirts are still worn today where people are like, Hey, I was at Fanzo's yogurt, uh, in Virginia beach. Uh, and I got your you know t-shirt for the putt putt place and, and a couple of the things that we had there. So I've always been like a you know, I kind of like that brand connection and like, you know, kind of the own uh, style side. But I, I've like always looked at it as just like, you know, it's a world that I've never really known, uh, you know, much about. And, you know, I love the e-commerce plays. I love, you know, where drop shipping has taken us. But for people that have been in this space as long as you have, right, there's like a whole different, you know, context and world uh, that comes to life. So, you know, give us a little context on, you know, like you said, you, you kind of found Web3. You've been in that space a lot. What was kind of like the first, like maybe, or what was the aha about the technology that you could connect and say, wow, if we could integrate this based on all the things that I've done and known, this could really make a difference. Was there one thing that kind of jumped out at you? I mean, I, 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 I'm going to be really honest. I was one of those individuals that just kind of got it the first time hearing it when Greg was explaining it to me. I was, I mean, he had me hook, line, and sinker, and I was hanging on every syllable um, that he explained. He started talking about smart contracts mm-hmm. and how you could tie that to the digital asset and how that could control things um, basically uh, as like a list of instructions of what to do if it, if it were transferred, bought, sold, whatever. And that was fascinating to me. And I immediately was trying to figure out how do I take that and marry it with physical apparel from day one? Um, and I asked him actually on that call, I'm like, is there any way to connect these? And he actually had already known and heard of, um, NFC chips way back when he said that some people were actually using it to authenticate the artwork. Um, and you could even tie that somehow back to the blockchain. So from day one, I was investigating, exploring, um, trying to understand more intrinsically what an NFC chip was, how it could connect a digital asset with a physical good and how we could build a business around that. And that was literally from day one. So I've always been a student, uh, a student of the game in that respect. Yeah. And I love that. And, you know, and I, and I'm, I want to dive in like on all the different impacts it has, right? Like I, you know, I'm a big sports guy, you know, born and raised in Pittsburgh. So I die hard, you know, all Pittsburgh sports. And, you know, I probably own 80 to hundred Steelers jerseys, uh, you know, and that's maybe even a low estimate. Um, but I also went through this world of, you know, when I started traveling and I was going to Korea a lot, I would come back with 60 jerseys that were either, let's just say pulled off the truck or, uh, you know, might've, you know, we're missing like the, the Paul and Mitchell, uh, you know, kind of embroider on the back of it. And I remember like kind of that piece of it. And so I was part of the, you know, problem. I didn't resell them when I came back here. They were, they were pretty much Christmas gifts. My family has a lot of really cool jerseys that they got from, you know, gifts for me. Um, and like, 
you know, for me, one of the use cases that I talked a lot about uh, early on in this podcast was just the idea of like, you know, how do we authenticate things, right? To actually like, you know, prove that ownership. But I've also loved some of the other plays. I have Steve Aoki's, uh, you know, gear, you know, his t-shirt here uh, that he rolled out with his uh, project uh, originally. And I was like one of the first ones that kind of like trying to figure out like the, you know, how do we connect some of those dots? But interestingly enough, a lot of the conversation that that I feel like has had through our community is really like the metaverse play of style, right? Like how, what, where, where does that, you know, uh, piece of the puzzle go? So talk to me a little bit about like, you know, where, you know, clubhouse archives, like where, where are you at from like a, you know, I love the vision and mission that you have on the website. It kind of like, you know, hits me right in that, right in the feels on that side. But when you're thinking about some of those like activations and um, like where, where are some of the things that you're initially kind of looking this and saying, Hey, this is tangibly what's going to make a lot of sense. Yeah, it's interesting that you brought up sports um, kind of jerseys and things, and we'll get back to that in a minute. But if you think about NFC chips and the connection between the physical and the digital, authentication would be the tip of the iceberg sitting out of the water. Yep. There is so much more that you can do with that connection between the two, right? Between the two worlds, if you will. And what we started to understand as I as I really – kind of peeled back the onion layers on the technology, on all of the pieces that you could pull together to create an experience was that there was a lot more than that provenance data, right? There was a lot more. Think about like, let's take, for example, your, your jersey, and then we'll get into your, your question. Yeah. Imagine if the, one of those jerseys you could wear into the stadium and it, it they could scan the jersey and it could actually allow you into the stadium. Oh, yeah. But then beyond that, if you actually scanned at the concession stand or in the box or through interactions for the first time, the stadium has a lot more information uh, about you as a, as a brand loyalist uh, of the team than they ever have before. And that's valuable data, not only for the, for the brand or the business, but for the consumer as well, because then they can accrual um, points and rewards for that. Right. So it's the underpinning for, for loyalty in a new kind of way. And I think that that's a really interesting prospect. So if you think about Clubhouse Archives, we aim to be a tech-enabled brand, one of the very first from top to bottom, right, that explores that side of the business, right? How do we enable products that allow brands and consumers to communicate in an an entirely new way? Because it is a two-way communication opportunity. Yeah. And I, yeah. I mean, I think that's the, like the, the most beautiful aspect. Right. And like, I've said this from, you know, one of my favorite use cases that I know people on the, in the podcast, me love to quote it back, but like, you know, like I'm a, you know, I'm a sneaker head. I have more hats, you know, like I, I definitely have an addiction personality to things that I love. Right. And, and like, for me, like, you know, the idea of like walking by, you know, a storefront, right. Like, we, you know, how many people go to malls now, but if I am in a mall, like, being able to walk by something and see what I, you know, what I want there or, you know, being able to customize things. And what I actually did in the live streaming space was like one of my favorite use cases was like people were, you know, I was working with brands to embrace live video. And I said like, you need to give people access to what you decide is on sale, what's in the store window. And we worked with a small store in, in Scottsdale, Arizona, and they would go live every Friday. They would hold up four or five items and they would let people that are watching live vote on three of them that were for sale the next day. And then they would vote on what the display was uh, on the front store and their sales. I mean, it was, I mean, it's, it's my favorite use case because it actually <laughs> drove business. Right. And there was people that were like, I didn't even care about what was for sale, but the fact you cared about my opinion mattered. Right. And like, 
that bar for like customer loyalty, customer connection, I believe is just so low that like the point where you were making where it's two way, right? Like where we feel like they care about us. We're also giving them more data so they can customize our experiences. They can even prioritize like shifts rather than, you know, having to guess, right? You can actually start to understand some of these nuanced things. I I'm curious from like that side of the house is what are, where's like some of the limitations today? Is it the, is it the, like the underlying tech from like proximity badging and, and that piece, or is it also like the limitations being on kind of like mindset approach on, cause like anytime I bring it up, people are like, well, right now people are scared about using their data or leveraging their data. And I, and I always caveat, no one cares if you're using my data, make my experience better That's and right. you're being transparent with my data. That's right. If you're not being transferred my data and you're selling my data or, you know, I don't know how you're actually using it or you're selling it off and someone else is targeting me. We of course don't like that. So what do you look at as some of the, like, what are the, some of the barriers that you're kind of working through like yeah. kind of to get this kind of through? That's a great question. And look, let's, let's be very clear. We're, we're actually, so, like, so there's two things going on. There's, there's the branded goods and the clubhouse archives. And by the way, the name comes from reaching back in the archives Arch of clubhouses of, of sporting teams and, golf and crew and all of these things. And then pulling out uh, garments that were kind of like time period pieces and then reinventing those in a modern way. So it's very much kind of a, a sportswear line. So that is the branded side of things, right? That is almost like our, our focus group. We have a community um, that is very engaged yep. and that will help us to your point through that kind of two-way communication, shape and mold the future of that brand, right? The other side of that that you asked is, look, we're solving a real problem um, with the infrastructure behind that, right? So you've got the branded goods, and then you've got that connection, right? Yep. How do you create infrastructure behind that that allows a brand and a consumer to actually communicate? There's got to be something there. That is what we find most interesting because it solves a real problem. Second and third party data, to your point, people hate that today. A, they don't like it because it's being shared all over the place. Um, and I don't want to say without our knowledge, we all sign the terms and services that we never read, right? right. And it basically says we could do whatever we want with your data um, and you're still going to use our platform and we all do. Yep. But the problem with that is it's being um, overcrowded. The costs are being driven up um, because of the because of the amount of people coming into that that sort of a channel. And the noise level is becoming so intense that it's very difficult for a brand to get their signal through the noise. So we see this kind of a connection as being what's called zero and first party data, like literally brand to consumer direct through the product. That is interesting. That is intriguing, but it does have some barriers, right? right. Individuals want to make sure that their data is not being used in those old school ways. The interesting thing about putting this on web three rails is you get a lot more control on the consumer side and we're actually doing some things inside of that infrastructure that we're building to allow the consumer to filter the noise, right? So you're going to have a lot of control over what the brand even gets to say to you and what level of communication they get to have with you um, and how your data is shared. And Web3 allows that. And I think that that's really unique and interesting. Um, so from a consumer standpoint, it's probably getting over that and understanding and realizing like this is actually way better for you than that the old, you know, kind of the old traditional channels. Um, other than that, there aren't um, as many restrictions as you might think. 
That's so, and I and I love the communication piece, right? Because let's face it, I think that is the biggest. You know, it's a hurdle across all marketing, and we're even seeing it at a greater level right now because we've seen Apple kind of kill off some of the you know the ability to target, right, and ability to do some of the personalization and advertising. Um, and I think that also plays into a lot of the things when we think about this, like you know, brand loyalty, connection, and um, and it's funny. I, I you know you have a you know a, a great team of of people on your team, and I know you know Steve who was on the on the podcast earlier. And I, I think I saw D-Rock on there uh, as well. And I actually knew D-Rock before he was an intern for Gary. Like I, I was wow. actually there day one, his day one uh, uh, as an intern, an unpaid intern originally. Uh, we were there together at, uh, at South by uh, way back when, and I think it was 20. 2013, 2014. Uh, so I love some of like the the connections of you know people and brands and and I I would say like the the piece that you know jumps out at me like as we think about this is like that idea of like when people say like well couldn't we've done that in web two, and like the answer is yes. There's plenty of like you know proximity tagging and you know I remember um, I was at a Mobile World Congress in Barcelona and one of their big things in their event app was that they were going to be doing you know um, location based Bluetooth pop-ups sure. with like time-based um, kind of advertising and giveaways. And it was actually really, I mean, really cool. This was 20, 2019. So before that, you know, idea. And like, I remember for the first time, you know, we all know that feeling you're like walking through like the booths and you're like, you don't want to go get the swag. You're not even sure. But like I was walking and it said like, you had been to these three booths that were this type of technology. This one is similar and they want you there. And because they know you've been to those three, they're going to give you this for coming over there. And I remember being like, like, why does not every event have that? Right. And, and part of it was like, well, a, I have to opt into it, right? Like B, I have to have notifications on my phone and, and let's face it, event technology, in my opinion, has been behind the curve in, in, oh, yeah. in, in many realms. I'm curious, like your thoughts on, you know, when we, when you think about like, when you're, you're looking at it from like the, the brand and like, even like the reinvention, like, cause I think that's also, you know, part of the narrative, right? When we hear Gary V say, you know, he's making V friends for the IP and wants to be the, the Disney of the future for a lot of people, it's hard to wrap their head around. Like, right. you know, like imagine if you could have been there and part of, you know, the original Disney and, and that, you know, and, and there probably were some people there. How are you looking at it from like a, you know, the, like from an earlier, like you said, you have some early adopters that are already part of your your community. You're pushing that forward. What are some of the things that you see as like you know initial ways to kind of get adoption? I guess is probably the better way. I don't. I'm not a big fan of mass adoption. I like growth adoption. Like let's 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 get people that are willing to allow us to grow. But like who are like what is some of those like maybe either target demos? Is it the Gen Z that that you see as ones that are there, or maybe it's the nostalgia millennials? Who do you see as like kind of that way that we kind of get you know kind of bridge that gateway? I think Gen Z to nostalgia millennials um, are, are really kind of the core of, of who would use a tech like this. Um, because look, A, they're going to get it. B, they are some of the largest proponents of we want our data to do what we want our data to do. And we want control uh, over that. Privacy, uh, I think 71% today of individuals, if you pull them, say that privacy uh, and their data actually matters to them, which is astounding because mm -hmm. If you pull people on the environment, 55% um, will tell you that that matters. So that tells you where yeah. data today lives in the minds, uh, especially of the youth. And, and look, that's that's kind of why we're doing this as a, as a part. You, you talked about like, could it be done in Web2? Yeah, but there's one key thing we need to remember. Let's say I build an application in Web2 and I'm a company, right? And 
I say, when you go to this event and we use Bluetooth technology um, to then give you this, this badge, right? right? That lives in your application. And oh, by the way, we control that. And if we want to delete that, we can't. Web3 uses wallets. Right. And if I drop that into your wallet, I'm not getting it back unless you want to give it back to me. That is the difference between Web2 and Web3 in a nutshell and why this technology is better. Can you do it in Web2? You can do a lot of things in Web2. Um, they don't operate under the same pretense of it's yours once it's yours. And that's that's something that Web3 really solves well. So I, I think, A, it is definitely the Gen Zers into that, that kind of nostalgic millennia uh, millennial, sorry. I think that you talked about events and I think that it's really interesting. You know, events can become gamified experiences now um, in a new and unique way, right? You've got things yep. like AR um, that we saw with Pokemon Go, um, you know, having okay. the ability to gamify things like that. And then once again, drop in your wallet and it's yours and you've got these um, these badges, if you will, that will allow you to accrue rewards. Um, that to me is interesting. And, and I think we're going to, we're going to learn a lot about consumer behavior, um, yes. in the future as it relates to things like that, because, you know, people probably would have thought that that was a crazy concept with the Pokemon Go. And then people were walking out into the middle of the street and getting hit by cars because they were playing it so intently. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, so I, I think that there's a little proof there that, that consumer behavior is going to probably skew in that direction, uh, as, as we start to think about, brand consumer relationship and some of the things you can do there. Yeah. I think that, you know, that, that cross brand, you know, conversation is so powerful. Like I just love the idea that, you know, that I could have, you know, I, because they're in my wallet, right. I can decide that I will allow, you know, these hospitality brands to have access to know that I have a Starbucks NFT. I have a Marriott NFT. I have a Delta NFT. And if they know that I am a loyal customer of those things and I'm walking, you know, I'm walking into a, a place that has a spa, they should have a much better feel of my like persona, right? Like even what they could offer and how those you know, things kind of um, interact. The other part that really excites me is also like as a creator, content creator, like a lot of it is really broken, right? Like even as an influencer, like, you know, Chipotle, because I was tweeting a lot with my daughters going to Chipotle, they started to send me stuff, right? Like we, we have t-shirts that have, you know, we have, that my daughters and I have, but there's real no like proof that a Chipotle knows, you know, what are we ordering? How, like, what right. is the frequency, right? Like right. I just tweet about it, but there's also no, like when I go into an individual store. I mean, talking about a disconnect, like my daughters even joked, like that they, they look at us funny because they think like you used to work at Chipotle. Like that's why my daughter has this, like, you know, I'm, you know, I think hers says like, I'm um, burrito full, right. Is my daughter's like t-shirt that they got there. How do you look at, like, I think that to me is kind of like the, like our connecting web two social signals to our web three wallets right. and then being able to, to like allow that data connection and then sharing it. I mean, that, that has to unlock wild, things right? like the brand. Yeah, and it does. Like that's so you so you you're you just reference down to the product level. That's zero and first party data, right? Yep. That's not a I am a fan of Chipotle. It is I am a fan of Chipotle and I eat this. That's really interesting for the for the brand and and look, it's interesting for the consumer because if you're willing to share that information, um they can reward you for that, right? Yep. And that's your choice. You you're allowed to make that, right? And that's that's kind of what we want to provide is that choice for the individual to say I want to share directly with the brand, not through a second and third party, 
but directly with the brand, this information, because I want that, that connection with the brand. And if they want to reward me directly for that, great. We want to provide the opportunity and the infrastructure to allow them to do that, right? But to allow the consumer to have that for multiple brands consolidated in one place. Because like you said, when you start to think about affiliates and ways that that can cross promote, that gets really interesting, um, A. And then B, you know, I, I think if you think about the prospect of me wearing this cardigan to a location physically and scanning while I'm there, I'm now proving that I've worn this and that becomes a true where to earn. So you can assign value to specific articles of clothing. Let's say if I had a logo here and I know that's good for the brand, if the consumer wears that. So I assign a higher value to that. And if they wear that and prove that they've done it, that's a win-win because they get the higher reward points. The brand gets the logo out there in the wild. And, and uh, you also get data to know a little bit better of what individuals are gravitating towards and what they're willing to wear and not wear and those types of things. So you can start to find more data around the products that you're creating that you didn't have before. So, I mean, I love all of this side, right? And the, but the thing that jumps to my mind is like the, you know, a, like the point of sale, you know, integration and like, you know, conversation, like how do we, you know, and I, I give Starbucks a lot of kudos, right? The, the fact that they're able to update my, my stamps in my wallet as quick right. as they do, it blew my mind. Like, I remember thinking like, oh, I know this is, I, I mean, most, you know, even web two basic rewards, right? They tell you wait 48 hours, uh, you know, that side of the house, a lot of this conversation, you know, there's real time implementation, right? And there's also, you know, kind of situational and, but like, I mean, like, like the sports, like my, my family's had season tickets for the Steelers since 1969. So we, we go into the stadium, like none of that context is ever provided. Right. And like, and like, do you buy your, your jerseys from, you know, the stadium or do you buy your jerseys from one of your partners? And if you buy it from a partner, that's a sponsor, how does that kind of show up for, you and know, that can, yeah. and see now we can track that and right. see that's, see, and, and the speed and the efficiency that you just talked, that's web three, that's, yep. that's blockchain. Right. And that's, once people start to really understand the technology and what it can do, I mean, you're giving all these, like you're, you're throwing gems out of like perfect examples of exactly how we see the world. Like that's, that is the future um, of consumerism, right? That is the future of experience. And I, and I think you're talking affiliates and imagine if uh, the, the ticket holder from 1969, um, you know, if that doesn't get passed down, because the information and the loyalty and everything, all that's imagine that could secondarily be sold. Yeah. That's a lot of value that people would pay a lot of money for. Without Web3 question. provides the rails for those kinds of things to happen, right? And for all of that provenance data to be built up for whatever way it is. I just think that it's it's mind-boggling when you you could go down so many different rabbit holes of how the technology can be used in this in this kind of way, right? So many rabbit. I mean. I mean, my, my family's been to all the Steelers Super Bowls or my dad went to the first four and, wow. you know, most season ticket holders early, you were given ones. And then all of a sudden they did a raffle and it was frustrating as hell from my dad's point of view was because it didn't matter. Like if you had four seats, you got two tickets in the raffle. I mean, it's like the majority of these people that are also in the raffle have either sold their past ones or never put their money up in escrow, you know, okay. but like they get the same <laughs> value. And it's like, hold on a second. Like exactly. you should be able to know that I was in the LA Coliseum to see right. this Super Bowl and like, you know, a lot of that situational data. Um, I am curious, you know, your take. So I, I think I have two, three, three pieces of clothing that I've purchased that um, have some version of a web three integration. Nice. I will say one of the first things that I like, I remember thinking was like, Oh 
crap, can I wash this? Can I not wash it? Like, where, where does that kind of fit in? But yeah. then I thought of it, like, like, how do they even, how do I even, A, how do I implement it? Like, how do I think about it? Because right? I love the idea of, like, the B2C and C2B conversation. But I also think about it from, like, the C to, like, you know, person to person idea, right? Like, and I, and I think that, to me, is, like, a, a, such a fun aspect. And I will tell you, I won't name the name, but they're, they're one of the shirts that I have. I have not got it to work multiple scenarios where like the use case was perfect. Like the person like asked me the questions I had the shirt on and I was like, I knew where the tag was like, and, but it didn't work. Right. It didn't, the functionality wasn't there. And it was like too much information now. Now now I know exactly what you're talking about. (laughs) So, but that, that to me is like one of those things where it's like, okay, where, where is the, where is the, it's not even a limitation, right? Like where is the ball being dropped in that? And then also how much change has to happen in like, even like the materials that we're washing clothes with, like, you know, like the, cause I mean, I think a lot of those things like right now we don't really care, but let's face it. Like when we buy nice things, we always care to adjust our, our behaviors yeah. around them. But sure. talk, talk to me a little bit about like that like, kind of concern. Cause I know for a lot of us, that's kind of something that jumps to, to the top of our mind. Yeah. So let's talk about NFC chips as, as the trigger um, today. That is something that's been around for 20 years, believe it right. or not. Dry cleaners have used them forever. Um, they are machine washable. Um, they up to an, a crazy insane temperature. Um, I think well over 200 degrees C, which is crazy. Um, so that tech really kind of the ship has sailed on whether or not that's viable to use. I mean, they even create today buttons um, that are NFC tags that you could sew on the garments that you wouldn't even know. Um, so, you know, that will always improve though, right? Yep. So can't, I mean, I, I think I know, uh, I can't speak to that other than that probably being POC of will people interact socially with this, right? right. Kind of proving that concept out. And I actually thought that that was, um, was brilliant, but I also thought that there was more to be done there. Um, and when you talk about peer-to-peer communication, um, I think you're hitting on something really interesting that as part of our thesis, we believe in. Because you can have, you know, when you think about conceptually, if you think about NFTs and what they created for the first time, it wasn't about just being in the club. But if you think about trait based communities, it was about being in the club and being a certain part of the club. You have these little sub communities. I looked at that and immediately saw that being applied to brands today because brands have traits. If I sell different types of products, those different types of products might have different types of communities that would sprout up around them because, hey, I want to be in the cardigan club. Like that's a, you know what I'm saying? Like, and that's just a very simple, I don't want to go too far down the rabbit. That's just a very simple example. There are very um, well-known products where that would be applied to extremely well um, that those individuals have never known who the other individuals were. And now we have the ability to create those kinds of communities. I mean, I I think that's one of the biggest mismarks of all of it, right? Because we want to belong to something. We also want to find out who else belongs, not even at our level, but right is like, has like that similar, you know, dialed in, you know, component. Right. And I think that can go from, you know, from tennis shoes to, you know, physical events experiences to like, you know, like there's a difference between someone that is like, you know, 
I'll use golf as a, as an example, right? Like when, like for me, like my, my daughters, we, we watch golf. They, my daughter messaged me this morning. I said, you know, good morning before she was uh, going to school. And, and she was like PGA championship weekend. And I was like, my 13, like, I totally didn't realize that. Right. And like, so like, I have like that connection with my, with my, with my girls. And like, funny enough, like the, the disconnect of that is like, Oh, I like golf also. And you're like, Hey, we, we could, and maybe you like it from a spectator. You don't play like there's all those, like those weird nuances. And I think that has always been one of those big barriers from like identifying and true ownership within these brand communities, because there has been like, I couldn't connect with someone that has similar loyalty or similar, you know, kind of buying habits or even, and we all know that, you know, like you join like a, a fantasy football league and then you realize like, for some people, this is the only fantasy football league they belong to. There's other people that like this is the the eight, and they're you know counting down to March Madness. Um, so I love like that that component of it. I think that's also really missing from NFTs as a whole right now, even beyond traits, right? Because like, how do we connect people that are the active trade holders within an NFT collection versus the passive trade holders in that collection? Or like for me, like there's like a running joke in our community. I will have something that's pink or rainbow or black and yellow of whatever NFT I own. Like you can pretty much pick out the traits just knowing like my, myself and like, like those things, you know, connect to me at a, at a deeper level. So I love that where all those moving parts are going. Oh yeah. Paint the picture for us. Like, let's say we're, we, this is implemented at a scale, not like mass adoption, but at a scale, how, how do you see like someone that's like listening to this? They, they, they're like, what would this mean for me? on like in, you know, a day to day or like even just like one of their normal, you know, experiences, how would they experience it in the sense of, would it be something in their clothing that they would be aware of where it was or how that was being connected? How do you see like kind of like that entire kind of like um, give and take opt in opt out experience kind of feeling for people in the future? Yeah, look, if we if we see ourselves as kind of the infrastructure behind that process, that could be brand specific, right? right. Like, every brand could choose to call that out in a different way. And I think you have three examples where it might be called out in different ways. Um, so we would kind of leave that up to the brand, although we would make suggestions to them. How a consumer might interact with that is like, hey, if I had an NFC chip here in my, in my sleeve and the brand had it set up to every time you came into that physical location, and this could be any consumer package good. This doesn't have to just be apparel. You can think of this in any, any kind of way, shape or form hat shoes, um, all the way down to like consumer products. If you can go to a location and scan and gain more points for doing that, it adds new value to your product and the way that you interact. And also if a brand could have a push notification to you that says, Hey, scan for, you know, for a reward, for a surprise and you scan and it launches some video, um, that only the holders get this bit of content, right? Cause they are part of the exclusive club. That talked about a new product launch that only they were going to have access to that drop. That goes back to the Supreme model that we know works. Right. Right. This is just a really new way to interact, but it's at the product level. So imagine if that sneaker that everybody waited, uh, you know, five hours, 10 hours all day in line to get, if that sneaker was the key to the next sneaker. Yes. That's interesting. And that's a new type of interaction between brand and consumer that I think is going to be, um, it's going to be valuable, right? So uh, that's just an example. I mean, I, like I love I said, that. It could be an access pass. That could be as simple as that, where you wear your jersey into the stadium, and you know what? You're scanning that jersey from now on, and that jersey physically 
holds a lot of value. Now there's a digital asset to back that up. So God forbid right. the jerseys ever, all the information's here, but you get the point, right? Yeah. I mean, I think that, I mean, and, and it also, how do we deal with bots and how do we deal with things? So right. much of that can be removed, right? Like, I mean, I right. love the sneaker app when the sneaker app came out. And then I realized that there, as soon as people saw there was money to be made, they botted it and oh, it yeah. made it near impossible, right? But if they were able to say like, you know, they could actually know physically that I've gone into these stores wearing the product, right. right? Like I've worn the product into these experiences and that data is be able to share and I'm, they're able to reward that right now. The actual super fan is being taken care of right now. We, oh, yeah. we, we establish those things that I, and I, and I like the compounding things too, right? Like I just really think people haven't even got there yet, right? Where it's like, not only was I wearing the sneaker, but I also happen to wear a lids hat that I had bought at lids right. and you lids is a partner of yours at a stadium right. and you're now able to pop up. And because you both are, you know, sponsors that stadium. You're able to give me a deal, split the cost on that, and also identify, you know, uh, uh, I mean, a persona. I think it's just it's game. You get you get one set of value for just the jacket. You get a different set of value if you end up showing up with the jacket and the hat, and you get a entirely off the chart value for the full outfit. Maybe the so it's that's kind of the gamification that I talked about, where you're starting to pull affiliates and forming brand new relationships between brands that didn't exist before because that's how the consumer dresses. I don't buy to wear head to toe. I buy for a specific part of that outfit. Right. But all those brands should be working together because that's how the consumer is wearing it. So to your point, that makes a lot of sense. And that's kind of around our thesis of how we see the consumer getting benefit from those. Because look, just because I buy a hundred pieces from a brand doesn't make me a brand loyalist. Yes. That makes true. me someone that spent uh, on a hundred pieces. Am right. I wearing any of those or are those sitting in my closet? We want to truly reward those individuals that are using the product and actually promoting the brand. I think that that um, that's where we'll see that kind of engagement being rewarded. And, and um, that's a whole new, that's just like a whole new um, really endeavor. If you think about it, it's like a, a whole new frontier. It is. It's an unlock at a level that we haven't even you know, thought of. Right. And we, we, for those people that, you know, voted on the privacy thing, right? Like I would argue most people's even understanding or view of privacy is so misconstrued. And like my background in cybersecurity, a lot of the things that like when people would worry about one thing on privacy and then I would look at their phone and I'm like, do you know what you have enabled? Like, yeah, I don't care about people knowing that. And I'm like, well, with that, I now can do more things. Like, like the, there's a lot of like that miss, I think, understanding of some of that, but there's also like, I don't think people identify a lot of their current behaviors that are triggered. Like I used started using Lyft when Lyft integrated into Delta Airlines as a bonus, right? Like I never cared. Uber or Lyft never really bothered me, whichever one showed up, whichever one, you know, less. But all of a sudden when Delta connected that point, right? Like, but like no one, no one's ever rewarded me for taking a Lyft to the airport to get my Delta airplane to fly and stay at a Marriott, which is my, like, that's literally my loyalty chain right there. I'm doing it this weekend. And like, how interesting would it be that they could not only map that, but like they could see that, you know, each one of those legs that I'm, I'm loyal, the frequency of it. Um, and I, I, that to me is such a, a fun unlock that allows better marketing, better advertising. And, and let's face it, uh, you know, better, better use of data, which I think is the, the whole piece of privacy. It creates a better experience based on the use and, and it's direct between the brand and consumer. So the brands aren't going to want to sell that to other brands. Like that's their own data right. of their own consumer interaction, which is why zero and first party is so important. And, you know, 
I, that is the future. Like you're going to like, this won't be the first time you hear about zero party and first party data. You're going to hear about it the same way we hear second and third party now. Um, but it is, it is new, right. For the most part. I mean, text messages technically are, are zero. Nobody, nobody's doing anything innovative through a text message, right? This is, this right. is obviously a, a lot more beyond that in terms of um, what you're receiving and the type of experience, but that is an example, right? We, we know that that's direct though. Right. But, but, texting someone, uh, not the most efficient way, I think, for someone to uh, gain favor. No, no. We, we've seen that go horribly wrong. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of uh, bad examples on that side. Um, you know, for those that are listening and maybe they're interested in, you know, A, learning more or joining a community of people that are talking about, what does that look like? How can people get involved or, or kind of be more dialed into what you have going on? Yeah, I mean, look, you can always join our, our, our Discord and you can find that through our, our Twitter page. Um, we're very active on, on, you know, those two platforms. Um, and that is at clubhouse arc NFT. If you want the, uh, the Twitter, uh, profile there. Um, and then look, we are building out, uh, as I said, something kind of on the back end of this, that will release more information that will have uh, a whole new subset of, uh, of community to be able to join. Um, whereas the clubhouse archives brand will kind of be, Really, the the R and D, if you will, and, and the test case of how we build this whole thing out, and um, and you know, proof of concept through community, um, we will have an entire um, other ecosystem that that individuals will be able to join and, and partake in as well. Well, you got me excited. I was excited for this conversation, uh, as you can tell. Like this to me is like this is where I get excited. Like, I, I mean, I love. I can be a DGen any day of the week, but I mean, for me when we start talking about, you know, pushing the limits of, you know, where technology you know, helps us as customers better understand our own experiences. And, you know, like I'm the guy, it's still, I upload my Apple watch data for my doctor. So they know all of my behaviors. Yeah. If I, like my AD, my Adderall for my ADHD is prescribed at a much better level than I think almost anyone else's because I've opted in to give up that data right. because they were like, do a sleep journal. And I was like, yeah, good luck with that. Like I would do that for like two days and then forget to do like my own sleep journal. But I was like, wait, don't I have a device that's already logging that that like could you just tap in and you could get more of it so you could tell me like if I'm not getting enough steps or you know some of those other behaviors and I'm excited to see that go into products excited that go into uh, to marketing and and hopefully you know I think also change some of that like brand you know you know, right now, I think it's a very one-to-many relationship. And like, if we can change that to where it's many-to-many -many and many across, right? Like we can start to get to know, you know, others that share some of our, our same behaviors. I mean, that I think changes so much, um, you know, in a lot of our experiences in, in our everyday life. So yeah, this is awesome. I, I'm excited for, you know, everything you're working on. Love that you're, uh, you know, kind of tapping in. And, you know, as more innovation happens, we'll bring it back on for sure. And uh, you can update us on a lot of the, the adoption there. But uh Anything uh, you want to leave people with? Anything you want to wrap up with here? No, it's funny you mentioned the Apple. My, my watch was like on my desk buzzing over there. I kept looking I'm like, what is that noise? Um, and you literally started talking about it as I was putting it on. Um, no, I mean, look, yeah, as we as we uncover more, I mean, I actually probably said more than uh, than I even should have, but I, I think you got the idea and I think people kind of get the, um, get the idea of what we are creating with CX Labs and the Clubhouse Archives. I would just say, keep checking back in. I would love to come back when we have more to share in terms of very specifically, um, you know, what that product is even called. Um, we do have that, but uh, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll kind of release that as it comes. And um, once again, just a big fan, love how you're driving the space forward. We need more of you uh, out there in the world as pioneers and, and uh, promoters of the space. And 
just uh, honored to have been on here. So I appreciate it. I appreciate that as well. And I will tell people that are listening, like, you know, now that you heard this piece, go back and listen to the interview with fly fish club. Uh, when we had them on the, on the, on the podcast, you know, like there's a lot of, you know, like people love that interview, but I also think that there was a lot of like, you know, clarity where I was getting excited and people hadn't seen some of these dots that have, that can be connected oh, yeah. at a, like a really cool level. Uh, so that's definitely one I would recommend. We'll put that in the show notes. We'll put the, uh, in the show notes, a lot of the links that were, were shared here as well. And, you know, James, thanks for, you know, jumping on the podcast. Thanks for the, the you know, the kind words as well. And, you know, I think for the, all those listening, right. Like I talk, I feel like I went on a Starbucks. I was drinking the coffee, not the Kool-Aid, uh, of Starbucks as a great use case. But it's because like these are the use cases, like this one here, where we stop, we start moving people's mindset to actually shift to recognize, like, wait, there's data and ways that we can use the blockchain that unlock things that we haven't even thought about. It's not about like replacing something. It's about unlocking things that like we need to be able to connect some dots, be able to empower us as individuals and uh this to me is, you know, the most exciting aspect of all Web3 and, uh, you know, just a really cool taste of that. So, yeah, thanks, everybody, for listening. You know, as always, you know, if you have ideas, if you have use cases, you have things, throw it out at us. We're always open uh, for, you know, uni unique activations and ways that people can, uh, you know, use this amazing technology behind in front of us. So uh, until next time, my friends, make it a great day. Cheers. Thank you for listening to NFT 365. If you found this helpful, let us know by leaving a review, like, subscribe, share, and do all of those good things. Join our email list to keep up with all things NFT 365. We appreciate you spending a little of your time with us. And as always... 